but I've got to this stage in my life of this spiritual journey and where I am. You know, Brian's worth about $40 million. I told him and I looked him in his eye, I said, Brian, if you gave me that $40 million right now, but I had to turn off this feeling of where I am now and this understanding of life and these little things, for 40 million, I said, it'd take me three seconds to tell you no thanks. Where a year and a half ago, I would have said for sure, $40 million, I'm set forever. But when you really become free, there's no price tag. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, and I just think that that's, that's the ultimate goal to get to that point where, you know, you respect life, you respect humans, you respect uh, forgiveness and compassion. And you still have a journey to go. Oh, I still have. <laughs> we're not. We're not completely surrendered. Just want to make sure everybody is. It's a continued journey. We're on chapter two of a hundred. It's impossible to stop a man or woman who will not quit. We won't quit podcast is designed to help entrepreneurs who are feeling stuck by limiting beliefs and procrastination. That's right. You're going to hear stories and lessons from incredible people who've overcome setbacks to comebacks because they have the mentality and they refuse to quit. Your host is none other than Mike Hughes, mailman to millionaire, the storyteller and leadership mentor, helping you shift and grow in your entrepreneurship journey. Tune in to these episodes to get real stories from real people who've had real success. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right, family, welcome to another episode of the We Won't Quit podcast. I am your host, Mike Humes. Always excited because you get an opportunity to hear from some incredible people who embody my quote that it is impossible to stop a man or woman who will not quit. Of course, this weekend, is, this week rather, is no exception. Uh, I have two. Uh, of my all-time greats. Uh, you know, these are friends, first and foremost, but I've watched this amazing couple over the years just create an incredible lifestyle by embodying that quote, uh, my quote that is, and uh, that's none other than Camelia and Mike Fedek, all the way from Mexico. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. That's, uh, muy bien. Yeah, pretty good. It's Thanks a, for having us. It's a pleasure, man. It's so good to have you both here. Honored to have you on the podcast. I know we get a chance to talk often, not as often. Typically, as you guys sending me videos, like Humes in your pool, overlooking amazing landscape. When are you coming? When you coming, right? I can't say all the things that you say with, with <laughs> tequila in hand as you guys are living your best life. Definitely. But uh, it's a pleasure having you on. I know how crazy busy your schedules are. Thank you. And uh, Kim wants to laugh right now. I right? do. Well, thank you for inviting us because we've been waiting to get invited on your podcast. Yeah, you know what? I thought, I thought we would have been the first. I mean, I saw some self guy was there, but I, I figured we would get the call to be yes. first. You guys have gotten the call yeah. over and over, <laughs> but uh, it's a pleasure. I, I truly appreciate you taking the time. So tell, tell the folks a little bit about yourself, what you do, how you started, um, and how you ended up in Mexico. Living your best life on a daily basis. Like there is no day that goes by that I don't see you guys living an amazing life. But what I know is that it takes work uh, to be able to retire as young as you are. Kim is a week younger than me, so she reminds me every single day. So <laughs> I do. Well, you know, uh, first of all, you know, we, we've been involved in business together now for over 20 years. Right. And I am younger than Hume. So at that up front returning 50 this year i don't know if hey, I hey, say put this that, on the yeah, podcast my business out the street um, we've been friends for a long time and we've traveled the world together and and all these things but the truth is is it didn't start like that for us and for myself i'll speak for myself but uh for myself really like the biggest thing i'm going to say my obstacle because i think you have to know where we came from to know to have this great lifestyle and i dreamed of it. I mean, I wrote it down. I mean, these are things that, you know, I wanted to maybe not live, necessarily live in Mexico, but one of the best places in the world that had the best weather and had a, a great community. And that just happened to be Mexico. Right. But you started in Canada, right? Yes, You're from I Canada. am Canadian. Yeah. I'm actually North American because I have you a are. Canadian passport, American passport, and I live in Mexico, which means I'm a true North American. Oh, That's wow. I <laughs> okay. I don't know if this park, is that legal <laughs> to live with all three? I'm totally know. legal. Okay. Good stuff. Um, so I did it the right way. But I, you know, I started working in corporate Canada for just a few short years and I realized how much I hated it. I hated my life. I hated my lifestyle. I hated my boss. I hated the customers. I know that's pretty um, negative, but that's the truth. But the one thing that made me realize that I needed to change it to become an entrepreneur, right, to, to be my own boss and dictate my own life was um, I worked for the Bank of Montreal and unfortunately my mother's um, boyfriend at the time passed away. He actually committed suicide really? and it was horrible. 
And I was the one that went home and found him. Wow. And so it was very profound in my life. And but what had happened was I called my work the next day to tell them what had happened and that I needed a few days off, as you can imagine. And they told me that because he wasn't a blood relative, that I was allowed to have one day. And that made me realize that one day, that one moment of some of the things that I had heard before, that you're just a number, nobody really cares in corporate, all that kind of stuff. And I know people have different opinions of corporate, but mine was that I was literally was a number. So you're telling me to have one day off for something that was the most horrifying thing I've, I've ever gone through. And that just said to me, okay, I'm done. I'm done. However, it took about six months for me to get the- now, How old were you when this occurred? I was 21. Wow. So you were really like just starting out. Yeah. I started at the post office at 21. So- Yeah. And, and, you know, and I was making my way up the corporate ladder too, but I yeah. had the cutthroat and I realized what that was about. But this really made me feel this day. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not, I just, this is not for me, but what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I had a high school diploma. I did not graduate from um, college or maybe took a couple credit courses or whatever. But so I was like, what am I going to do? And I realized when I met a gentleman named Rob McKenzie, he basically told me that you really don't need any of that. You have a burning desire to be successful. You're willing to work. And if you're coachable, I can teach you the way I can teach you how to make you know a lot of money. If that's what you want to do and live the life that you want. And that's really the day that um, changed for me because somebody believed in me. Did you already know Rob before? I didn't. I didn't. I just happened to meet him. I was actually dating his nephew at the time. Wow. And so uh, they asked me to go to a a meeting and introduce me to this interesting relationship marketing business. (laughs) So you're just hanging out like, okay, I'll go. Right. Exactly. (laughs) They told her she could travel. So she got excited. That was it, right? The travel part. So I got excited about traveling. I wanted to travel the world. I want to be my own boss. And so fast forward you know, obviously many years later, but that still resonates with me because if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have made a lot of tough decisions and gone through those no's and and people that made fun of me, family members that made fun of me, years and years of me not being successful, but me knowing that it was a path that I needed to follow because it was a slight edge, right? right? The slight edge says doing the little things day in and out, day in and day out that seem to make no difference effect over time leads to your success or your failure. We know that with eating and drinking and doing all sorts of different things, exercising, you know, you can't go to the gym once a week. You got to go consistently. And it was the same thing here. I just did things consistently, had a good attitude, and I hung around a really great group of people, including you, um, that really just inspired me to be the best Kim. And it took a while. I'm still trying to be better Kim, but uh, the best Kim, and, and I dreamt of living abroad and I don't really live abroad, but living in another other countries when I want to and, and do what I want at a younger age. Yeah. And so we are the youngest, I'd say not the youngest, but we're a few of the youngest to say we're semi-retired. I wouldn't say I'm retired, retired, but to be where I am now. If people watch you every day, they would swear you're retired. Yeah. <laughs> like, listen, they, they think I like I know you guys are, you know, obviously do work. I know we're going to get to talk about some of the charitable work that you do that really is huge in terms of uh, a large portion of what you guys do. Obviously, you know, uh, I do some of it as well. So, but yeah, people would look and say you're retired. I'd I'd say so. And that's even better to think that, to know that you can still do the things you do every day, go out to amazing dinners, get to see the sunrise and sunset the way, you know, every time you guys text me a video, I'm jealous. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, I mean, what's interesting about that, Mike, is that we we forced ourselves to do that. You know, we read a book called Die With Zero. And I'll plug that book because in that book, the guy really talked about, you know, living life today and, and not waiting. And I'll give you an example. In that book, he said it was his 50th birthday and it was going to be in like eight or nine months. But something told him to just do it early and go all out and spend the money. I mean, six figures, I think he spent on the party, he flew his family and his dad. It was the most important thing to have his dad. And because he did that, and it was a magical weekend, three and a half months later, his dad died. So he would not have made the party if he wow. waited. So it really stuck with us to, to live every day. Like we all have the option to get up and watch the sunrise. We all can watch the sunset. Right. We can all go in our pool or a pool or some kind of body of water if you choose to make that a priority. What we found is most people today, their priority is work. Their priority is making money. The priority is keeping up with the Joneses, you know, Facebook and social media now has people feeling like their friend got a Ferrari. I got to get a Ferrari. 
So I think that's been our biggest thing was understanding to live in the present moment and keep each other accountable to do that. Now you do that though. Well, uh, you had to put yourself in a financial position. A hundred percent. To be able to do that as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, I think at some point there is a grind that is necessary to be successful without a doubt. Um, But honestly, and, and at some point though, it, it can't be obsessed. It's now, I know I'm going against the Grant Cardone rule about being obsessed, yeah. but I've been obsessed for 15 years. And I, as an entrepreneur, and I had good windows of success and I struggled, I had good windows and I was up and down. When I became unobsessed and I detached. detached myself, not that I didn't set a goal, I still set a goal, but I didn't live for that goal. I lived for life. The blessings came in ways I can't even tell your audience. Like my life in the last eight months, the biggest business deals I've ever had in my life have come through. More income than I've ever imagined I could make in my life, all because I really just started to surrender and let go. And it was hard to do because we're taught to drive, 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 drive. So to sit back and kind of surrender and work on me, it was almost like God rewarded that more than setting the goals and the grind. Well, that's because you, I believe is because you've become attractive from the inside out. So this is just a different way of describing that of, of we have so much crap yeah. inside of us that prevent us from succeeding. And, and, and that's why we weren't succeeding in the first place because we weren't letting go of grudges and past experiences mm-hmm. and what people tell us, what people didn't tell us, what we should look like and the voice inside of our head. Right. Yeah. yeah I know we might be all crazy because we, you have a voice and if you don't think you have a voice it's talking to you right now everybody has right? a voice right we have that voice that keeps um keeps us i think um blocked and if we just realize that there's things that we can let go inside of us that will release us to be free yeah. like to really be free so it's hard when when you try to explain it to somebody because it's more spiritual development than personal development i think personal development is more about you know the goals and the, and and and, and getting there with, through those things. But there's but, a deeper layer. Yeah, there's a deeper layer that you have. And How'd you tap into that deeper layer? Well, for me, I mean, I tapped into it through through spirituality, through yoga, through through different things, through, right. you know, talking to people. The about, untethered soul would be your big eye opener, yes. right? But was it, was it a situation or something that made you say, okay, I got to tap into something different? Like I got to, there's something I got to do differently. Well, I think it's because once you, at least for me, once I was making enough money, whatever that is to everybody, enough money to live or enough money to do all the things you want to do, there's always more to make. But I wasn't really happy, 100%. There was still something that I was like, what am I missing? If I have this and this and that, then what am I missing? I was missing living in the present moment because I was always chasing something else I didn't have. And it was like, well, look at what you have already. Be blessed. So once I started to really, truly understand that I need to be blessed from what I have yeah. or to want more is to release more. I have issues and stuff in my past that I needed to release to have better relationships with my partner, have better relationships with my mother to understand that there is stuff that happened to you that you need to let go of. Yeah. And I think that that's the biggest thing people miss is they, they just shove it back down and they realize, Oh, well, how come I can't make that extra phone call or how come I can't make that extra dollar or that rank or that position and it's, it's nothing to do with them. It's all to do with you. Well, because most, most people are looking to try to fix the outside world to make themselves happy, right? And I lived this. I, was, I thought if I had the nicer car, if I had the house, if I had this, then I would be happy. And yes, it is a temporary happiness. You can move into a nice house and be excited and have big barbecues. But whatever it is that made you think you needed that to be happy is going to come back and haunt you. And so when you start to truly work from the inside and get rid of, in yoga, they call them a samskara. And the best way for the audience to think of it, it's like a thorn inside of you. Could have been when, you know, something happened to you in high school. You got bullied, right? And so you got bullied by a kid named Chris, Big Chris. So now when you see sometimes another guy that's a big guy and his name is Chris, you instantly think of 15, 18, 30 years ago when you got bullied by a guy. Rather than releasing that because it's like a thorn inside of you. Think and about all the thorns. Like, just think of if you have like a bunch of thorns, whatever your issues are right now that you're listening to. Yeah, right? no, I got jumped as a kid. So I'm thinking of all the Chris's and the <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, little Ray Ray's. And no, I'm just kidding. I ain't get jumped. But uh, <laughs> I did the jumping. But, say, but, say, but say, saying all I think that, he did it. but saying all that is really what's gave us this freedom That's feel key. of life. Right. Right. You know? How do you get rid of how? I mean, I, my memory, I, I kind of can bring everything back. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh 
all the the many times we've the vacations we've taken, the places we've gone, the experience is good and bad. Yeah. So how do you release that to be able to move forward? How did you the the best do that? illustration is if you think of like when you're watching a TV show, right? Let's say you're watching a, a episode of Seinfeld. And all of a sudden you're done watching that episode and you want to go to the next show. And then a little box on the TV still keeps the Seinfeld episode up there. And you go to the next channel and the next channel and the next channel. Before you know it, you're trying to watch 14 shows on one screen. Rather than what really happens is when you change the channel, the Seinfeld episode goes away and the new show comes in. So the idea and the practice is every day life is going to unfold, whether we like it or not. We cannot control the fact that life is unfolding. So it's taking that moment or what's happening in that day, being grateful for it, right? Like you said, the good and releasing it at the end of the day. That day is gone. It's over. You had that moment and now tomorrow's a new day. So it's good and bad. And it's not always easy. But when you think about the pain that some people 20, 30, 40 years have been holding on to, I'll give you an example. A lady told us one time, she says, don't call me by that name. Her name, her name was a name, and I don't want to say her name because she might watch the podcast. <laughs> but it, listen, she knows it was a deep sum scar. But anyways, she said, don't call me by that name. Well, it's like calling me Kim instead of Kimberly. Yeah. My, my full name's Kimberly. Right. And this person didn't like her full name. Yeah. So I, so I said, okay, well, that's a beautiful name. Don't call me that. And I said, well, why? And she said, because something when I was little. You're talking about 50 years ago, somebody did something to her. That bothers her with that name, right? And so that's just one that's just example, one example. Yeah. Like, of how much people hold on to because it is, Mike. It's easier to push it down, right? We to think it, it is to Absolutely. suppress it yeah. and keep moving on with life. And so a lot of people, even successful people that you have millions of dollars, they keep striving and work. They don't need any more money. But a lot of times the work is their issue. That, that's their covering it up. If they go work, they feel like, hey, I'm, I'm just suppressing this. So well, let me give an example, too, of that. because It's a big thing to let it go, right? So letting go is also being the observer. So we'll get a little bit into spirituality here. So you're observing, right? There's the voice in your head. Which you're not the voice in your head. So everyone just stop for a second. That's key. You are not the voice in your head. You are the one observing and listening to the voice. The moment I realized that. It was life-changing. It so. is. And so when you are in an argument, you're in a frustrating uh, position, you're in something, the, the worst thing we can do is react, right? We can respond. And we all know that take a second. And it's true, though. Like, really take a second and just sit back. And whether you really have to sit back, get out of the room or whatever, at first you're probably really going to have to remove yourself from the situation. But the main thing is, is for you to sit back and observe what's going on. Because your voice is still going to go. You can't stop your voice right. in your head. Right. But what you can do is be the observer of that voice and be like, wow, this is really interesting how I'm handling this right now. Or I could handle this a little better. So you may not be able to do that right at first. So I would, if I were you, me, uh, sit back and maybe go into a little meditation, quiet time. Deep breath. That's all that means. Meditation, literally, because people get confused. I think it's a weird, weird thing sometimes. But no, it's literally just taking a moment to observe and to let go. What Michael Singer would say is to take a deep breath in and let the, let it unfold and then let let look at what you're arguing about or saying or thinking and be the observer of the thought and just be like, wow, that's fascinating, Kim. Look at you. You're gone crazy on that one. Okay, let's take a moment to just, that's not you. Let's take a moment to react or respond differently. And the main thing is, is people just don't, they don't realize that when you can do that, that you are literally letting go of stuff. Yeah. You're, you're, you're letting stuff go that, first of all, doesn't really matter. That's there's so the much. There's so many things that don't really matter. And we are so upset about somebody that says something to us personally. We can't take it personally. Usually the person that's saying something to you is, you know, projecting on you. It has nothing to do with you. And that's a big lesson. Wayne Dyer says it. I mean, you name it. All the gurus out there talk about not taking things personally. You mentioned Michael Singer. And I know that was the singer experiment. Yeah, there's the, a surrender, the surrender experiment. experiment. The surrender experiment. I was thinking yeah. based on his name. But I think the book that most people would be more familiar with first is The Untethered Soul. Yeah, yeah but you have. But if you're going to go down the journey, go to the surrender experiment first. Right. Because you the, the untethered soul, I picked it up on chapter three and I put it back down because 
It's so deep, it can really throw you off. The surrender experiment, he shares the whole journey, the whole story. Everybody can relate to it. And right. we suggest listening to listen, it. We he's, love yeah. to read, however. I listen to it. I yeah. listen to it because it's him telling his story. It's really neat. And one of the examples I think is awesome that the audience could, can relate to is imagine a stream, right? And that stream has a bunch of rocks. And the water can only flow, right, in the direction of around the rocks because it bumps the rocks and it moves around it. So you think about in our life, what we're trying to do is remove these rocks from our life. And if you start looking at a stream and remove those rocks, the water flows more fast. The water flows more beautiful. And so every day is kind of just imagining that life is unfolding, as I've said before. And it's you're just trying to be like water. Just try to fit in and flow with it. I mean, that's to your point of saying like, like nothing offends us. Like you could come in and say something, oh, man, those shoes are ugly like, or whatever to me. I don't, I don't even think twice anymore about it. Number one, Tony Robbins says, it's most of the time it's not someone's intent anyway, right? If they're either joking or it's just, you know, that's how they grew up. It's the way they talk. And here you are inside bubbling. You're so mad you want to punch the guy or something, right? But the real issue is not the guy that said it about the shoes. It's something you've done or held on to in your past. And that was me, man. I was, I had, I was angry, right? When we would get into arguments and stuff, I was a voice raiser. I, I was just mad. What was I mad at? I was mad because I felt like a failure in life, right? It was a point in my career where I just truly felt like I saw my friends winning. I'd see guys like you crushing it. I'd see these people having all this success and I was doing the work, but the money wasn't coming in. And so I felt like a failure. Well, that was my bubble. That was my boiling point that when things happen. And so when I got released that. And how'd you release it? How did you? How did you so, get past the voice? Crying, a lot of crying. The voice was one, but, but yeah, I mean, so Kim was in Guatemala I was on YouTube and I saw an interview with Michael Singer and Tony Robbins, but Tony Robbins was actually interviewing him and I watched it and it is the timing, right? I mean, I think God puts the right time and you know, right place. And if we're open to it, you strike. And I called Kim. I go, there's a course. I want to get this course. I'm not going to start it until you get home. But I watched that YouTube video like three times. And so this course came along. It's an eight session course. You can go Michael Singer course. You can find it online. And, um, and we took that course together and that course changed my life. But he also, um, learned, you know, through, uh, just yoga and, and being around each other, I meditate. I've been meditating now for 10 plus years and I try to do it twice a day. I, I do as best as possible. But How long do you do it? How long do you meditate? 10 like minutes. 10 minutes. Really? I mean, I, I've done 20, I've done 45, it's but not it's necessary. not, right. I don't, I'm not trying to, you know, do like the longest no, I, meditation. I, I asked because, you know, people when they think of meditation, they're thinking that they've got to sit in a room for a half hour to an hour until something comes to them. Yeah. You know, like my watch will say, it'll alert me to take one minute of mindfulness. Yes. yes. To just stop. Yeah. And is this a good time? And I can click yes or no or breathe, you know, that yeah. whole process. So it's well, good to know that, that you can have breakthroughs doing that in just hundred oh, percent. I, I would cry like a baby. Yeah. I mean, through the, through the meditation all, still to this day, because she'll walk in think. the room sometimes <laughs> she'll walk in and she'll be, and I'll just be finishing and I'm bawling. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, Oh, it was such a deep meditation. But today I cry more for gratitude of where my life is. Like I can imagine say, man. Mexico and the deals that are coming through. Yeah. Like, it's like lately, I mean, anything, and it's not, I can't say I, see, this is what I, I, it's not me, right? When I surrendered and I let it go, the success started happening. So when someone says, man, congratulations, you're crushing it. I say, thank you, but I know that it's, it's from somewhere else. And that's a good, that feeling there, it, it is a, man, it, it, yeah. It's like, why was I chosen? Yeah, exactly. How could it, how could it be me? I just got the all of my mess right? with all the stuff I've done, all the things I've gone through. And there were people better than me. I like I told I understand it. So, yeah, I can't even get it out. So like, that's no, that's a beautiful. powerful, powerful statement. But I guess first, and and you all talked, you've unpacked a whole lot here uh, for the audience to be able to, and even for me, as you could see, I'm like thinking yeah. it through. But one thing you said, and it was key about uh, just just moving from one place to the next. I wanted to say that. The only way you can take on a new habit is to subdue another habit. You talked about the television. That was such a great analogy because so much is popping up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that, and, and to picture that. Yes. Yeah. Like, so you got to remove that so you can put something else. And, and listen, the hard, the other hard part was, was the good. So not just the bad you get rid of, 
you have to be grateful for the good and let it go. So when we would be sunset pictures, you, you said, you know, we would take all the pictures all the time and we still do, but we're so cautious and aware now that we both say, hey, put your phone down. Just let that sunset without a photo, without a video. And, and man, I tell you, it seems like when we do yeah. that, it's the most beautiful. You just want to go grab the phone, but you do. You just let it go because that's the moment. The other thing that helped my ego. So what I found, Mike, is this. And all the business deals lately and all the stories I hear, the number one thing that kills every business deal, that kills every company, that kills so many relationships is ego, right? And you, you've built a massive organization, right? And you've seen the people that have left. And it was, at the end of the day, ego. Absolutely. So when I started to go, holy cow, I need to get rid of this ego thing. I've got to figure out how to let it go. Michael Singer said, just think about the planet and the 7 billion people on the planet and all the things that are going on every day of every second. And you have nothing to do with any of that stuff. You really are nothing. Like as much as we think we have an impact on this world, you're (laughs) stardust. I mean, we're just a little pixie dust of nothing. And that made me go, wow, which also helped me not care what people think about me anymore. Right. I am who I am. Like I would, I was intimidated to wear these Malabeads sometimes. I thought Christian friends of mine or Catholic friends of mine would think now I'm a Buddhist or something like crazy. I would have that stupid voice in the head. Mm. Now I am who I am and I'm proud of who I am because I live my life for love. And if you have something against love, then you and I won't get along. Man, you can feel it. Like, I mean, obviously I know you guys, but, and every time we have a conversation, it's life changing in terms of just knowing that, that level of freedom because we, we have always been on and mm-hmm. and even getting to this point, I mean, putting in the work to, you know, be celebrated and to free so many people financially, uh, you know, with opportunities and, and businesses is it's a great feeling. Mm-hmm. Talk about Guatemala because you guys have wait done one, one thing. I just want to because patience. Sure. So just share like how you had to be patient with me when, you, when we first got together. I was not this kind of person. I did not eat healthy. So share that because I, I'm grateful for you. You could have left me and you didn't. Well, I mean, I think that, um, first of all, I love you. So that's a, that's, that's a given. Um, but I had been in yoga and I've been doing meditation. I've been on a spiritual journey on my own and we were on a personal development journey together, but spiritual is different. You know, I think it's just at a different level. Um, not good or bad, just a different level, at least for me. And I just knew that you weren't there yet. And (laughs) even though I would play the mind yoga music and I would, you know, try to get him involved in some meditation. I, I thought or, he was cuckoo. Oh, he thought I was crazy. Like <laughs> really? he'd look at me like, like he would roll his eyes and, or whatever I did. Like it wasn't tons, but I was a vegan too. You know, I was all these things and, and he was just not there. And I knew what his heart was. I knew it was there and I knew it was time. And if I could just lead by example, you know, I got up and meditated every day. It's called RPM, raise, P meditate right? That's what you do. RPM. <laughs> oh, got it. Got it. And so I can't and I pee would, first. Huh? I got it. <laughs> well, normally well, you do. Yeah. yeah okay. Got <laughs> so it. normally you have to, I should say. So this is true. So That's I would come back to bed and he'd be sleeping or he'd be on his phone and I'd be meditating and I'm okay with that. And I knew that eventually over time, if it was right for his journey, that he would join me. And so when I was in, would Guatemala, you have been able to stay had he not ever come to that? Yes. But, um, I don't think our, our level of connection would relationship be. and connection would be anywhere close to what we are right now. So as you move on, on to, we've been together now six years. I think that that's always something people want to work on. And so if you can work on yourself, are you here? It again, it's a cliche, work on yourself harder and you'll be better. Well, yes, but look deeper into it. Like what, what course can help you? What course can you really do? Yeah. And so I was in Guatemala, so I can kind of go into there. So I have uh, a founder of an orphanage in Guatemala and thanks to uh, Michael Humes and uh, Fertile Ground. And of course, Mr. Self also um, helped us build an orphanage. As a matter of fact, gave us a huge check uh, to help build a girl's orphanage, which is eight years old. I can't believe um, it's been next eight years. Month, which is insane. super cool. So we have a nonprofit called Work, Play, Love, and we work together with Fertile Ground for many years. As a matter of fact, you guys were inspiring to me to actually do a nonprofit. We were doing a foundation and I had these little goals and and then I heard their goals of Fertile Ground. I was like, man, I am thinking way too small. Didn't know that we would build an orphanage. So thank goodness that there's inspiring people that you can look up to. And, and, and when I was in Guatemala this one time, I go every three months or so, um, I came back and he was a different person. I don't, I was like, what the heck happened now? I knew something had happened because he was writing me text messages and I could tell that he was 
heartfelt. He was crying. He was going through this like spiritual, you know, I don't know, enlightenment. Right. And he did, he, he wanted to get there and he did it on his own. Like he took the time and he was like, I've been meditating and this is, I want to say sorry for this. And I haven't done this and I should be like this. And Oh, trust, trust me. And thank you for this. And, and when we came back, that's when we started the Michael Singer course. And we, now we are on this journey together. We've taken it six times. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not cheap, right? If, no. I, if I remember correctly. <laughs> well, yeah. We get it. We get it. Once we you buy it, it though, you can keep on <laughs> right. going. So that's but nice. here's the thing. And I know you didn't just keep it to yourself. Like, obviously you shared it with me and I know you shared it with a, a large group of leaders that yes. you all mentor and have developed. Yeah. And it, it's, it was so key when we talked about it. It was a while back. But it was at a time when there's always a time when there's so much happening in the world. And when everyone's clashing and you're a leader and you lead other people, I like to say, you know, what a parent does in moderation, our kids will do in excess, right? You know, if I do something, <laughs> my OK is going to take it a step further. And we almost look at our teams that way because we become parents to them and watching them bicker and go back and forth because yes. of, you know, one thing or the next, whether it's religion, whether it's color, whether it's race, whether it's blue Politics. or red or right, <laughs> which is number one. Right. Yeah. But you took it to your team. Yeah. Well, and because it's had done so much for myself and I could see the conflict inside of people, why they weren't succeeding, why they were judging themselves on other people, why they cared only about like how many posts do I, you can just tell or just things. And I'm like, okay, Here's what we're going to do as a team of leaders. We're going to do this eight week course together. And our job is to listen to it, come on a call every week and talk. And we've been together over 20 years as a family, right? Our leaders mainly. Hey, family, when was the last time you got a chance to wear something meaningful, whether it was today, last month or never? I want you to understand that Jack Design has a message that will resonate with each of you. Each and every design is intended to inspire action while reminding us to wear art. You can mix metal with a flower and wear the steel rose collection. You can unleash your creative genius or you can participate in our legacy with the signature collection. Here's what I need you to do. Go visit their website and peruse the gallery. Make sure you put in don't quit 22 in the promo code so you can receive that 10% discount just for being a part of the We Won't Quit podcast family. Go out and check out Jack Design. You will not be disappointed. And so we know each other very well and we've done, we've been in our arguments. We're a family. Right. However, it's to me is I felt like it was the right time for them. Now they have to decide that. And I would say half of them took it to heart and half of them are still struggling and um, they're struggling because they're not surrendering. It's, and it's like, I talk to them. I'm like, just go back to the book, just listen to it. Because again, it will appear different when you look at things different. And until you realize that, you're not looking at things different. You're not trying to, well, I shouldn't say you're not trying, but you're, you're just, you're just going around in a circle about the same thing over and over again, whether you've been abused, abandoned, or you have, you have a, you have a, a, a conflict a, with somebody like that to me is I, I hear of people that have conflicts and I get a little bit of each side of the story. And even though their side's a little different than that side, at the end of the day, you take it all and it goes, this is what you guys, you're not communicating now for five years because of this. Are you Insane. kidding me? Like it blows me away, Mike, especially after you've taken the course. I'm like, how do you take the course and then still have the issue with these people? And you don't say, hey, I'm sorry, let's move on. It doesn't mean you have to like the person. You don't have to hang out with them. But go deal with the conflict and forgive, shake hands, move on. Not for their reason. For you. It's hurting you. Think about this. Somebody said to me, uh, their brother put a gun to their head. And, you know, I, I did a training and I talked about this a couple months ago in Fort Lauderdale. And that was deep because, you know, like people come and like, oh, like, yeah. How my... do you forgive somebody who put a gun to your head? I'm and like, I'm ah. like, I said, listen, man, I, <laughs> you know, but he says, look, I want to your talk. I want to forgive him. And I go, listen, you do, because look, it's hurting you more. He did wrong, but you are dealing with it every day. And you weren't even the one who made the mistake. But if you go say sorry and say, hey, I, I you know what? I'm sorry this happened. I forgive you. Watch the feeling inside of your body and what happens the next few weeks after that. You will be so free. I can't tell you until you go do it. And that to me is, I, I think, the biggest message is anyone out there listening, if you have conflict with your mom, your brother, your cousin, somebody, your neighbor, politics, go get it over with and write a letter, call them up, forgive, and I bet you your life gets better. And sometimes they may not see it the way you do. 
and that's okay. Like I've done it just recently with a family member and it didn't, I thought this is definitely going to resolve it. And I'm going to come, you know, clean when I come clean. I mean, I'm just going to be vulnerable and just say it out as it is and, and say, I'm sorry for my part in this or my no part in this or whatever it is. And it didn't, it worked out for me because I'm, I'm good with it. I, I have done my thing. I've said my piece. The elephant in the room is out, you know, and if they don't want to deal with it and that's how they deal with life, then amen. I have to bless that because I did everything I could to make it better. And now that we're surrendering more, right, to really surrender. And what I mean by surrender the most is to be present. Like I'm here with you. It doesn't matter what we have going on after this because we have stuff going on after this. Right. But it doesn't matter if I can just be with you and not like wish I'm, I got to get to the next event or the next person or the next podcast, then I can enjoy that much more. I can, I can really so surrender. So sometimes when you're surrendering more, there's going to be more people and more life challenges that come to you because that's what God does. Right. Right. It's like, okay, you think you're surrendering, Kim, how about this one? How about this? And if you're going to go and live this journey, that is the surrender, then you need to continue to do that and lead by example. And that example is we finished the book, the surrender experiment one week, 10 days after we finished the book, Kim gets a message that her biological father, after 40 plus years, would like to talk to her. Would, wow. would like to just say hello. And I mean, you know, he there were some past things that he did to the, the other kids and, the, and her mom was abusive and all that. So it was really, I mean, shocking, but it's like what she said. You know, God is the most amazing. It, it, it's incredible how he does and what he does because it happened that 10 days after that book. So it was like, hey, instead of giving you a little small task, Kim, you are so talented. I built, When I created you, I created the most special, most gorgeous woman in the world. Here's one for you. I'm going to connect you with your biological father after 41 years. Let's see how you surrender to that. <laughs> I like how you're doing the most beautiful girl oh, in the yeah, world. See, you can see the love in this uh, podcast, right? We I'll show you real loving couples here, right? Uh, I, I just love watching you guys, talking with you. Um, you're the same on camera as you are off, minus some tequila, of course. <laughs> but got to have some Azul with these two. It's the best, the best. Nothing but just the experiences we've been able to have, seriously. Uh, and then just watching the journey uh, has been amazing. And the number of people you guys touch, directly and indirectly, so many more indirectly that will never get a chance to to find you amongst the thousands of people when we're at events that won't be able to make their way, which is why, uh, you know, I'll stop in the middle of anything and everything. Like I, I want to talk to every single person or, you know, the stories that come, you know, you, you get it. It's just, I just remember people not taking the time to say anything or stop. And, and so I said, I never want to be that person. And I bring that up because you guys embody that, like the struggle, yeah of what you've had to go and grow through, but on the other end, the lifestyle, um, you know, seven figure earners living the life that you want to live and being present and in the moment is such, it's such a challenge for everybody uh, until you really surrender, you know, and, uh, and make a decision. I mean, even for myself where you get to a point, you know, where money isn't an issue. It's not about the money doing this podcast. Right. You know, it's you know, it cost it cost you money. Oh, it cost a lot of money. Exactly. I mean, you know, to, but you to, said something. So we always say walk in their shoes and you know, learn. And, and there's another way of saying it. For some reason, this really stands out. It's like if you knew the person's story. Right. right. So if you listened. If you knew the person's story, you would love them. You have compassion. You would love them because everybody has a story. Right. There's all like there's a reason why he or she's like this or that happened or whatever. And we just never take the time. So that's why it's so precious to be able to be present, especially when you're, you know, in in a leadership role and stuff like that, to be able to be present with somebody who you remember when they weren't present with you or when they were present, a person, what that meant to you and to hear the story. That's what inspires me is to hear the stories, you know, Um, you know, some of the people in Guatemala who founded the orphanage 26 years ago, this lady, um, Karen, she founded it 26 years ago. How it happened was when she was 16 years old, she's Guatemala, and she went on a field trip to do some volunteer work. And a little boy at that orphanage said to her, are you going to be the one that never comes back, or are you going to be the one that comes back? Wow. And I I get, like, shivers every single time, goosebumps, because she said, 
I mean, what is she supposed to say at that moment? Well, you could have said anything, but she said, I'll be back. That from that day forward, so for 46 years, she has been now helping orphans in Guatemala. Like mm-hmm. that to me is something that's just so amazing. But again, I, I, like, I love her. But when I heard that story, I'm like, oh my gosh. And, and there's so many stories out there. If you take the time, then you're, you're going to just open up your heart to unconditional love. I think that's what it really is all about. It is. We have conditions on us, on him, on you. If you don't do this, that doesn't make sense. But if we have unconditional love and we've had some, serious family issues happening in the last little while from mental illness to um, just whatever, you know, you can name it from old age to lots of things going on in, in our families that we deal with and that they deal with that if we weren't in this kind of environment, we wouldn't probably be as close to some of our family members, but we yeah. realize that life happens and it yeah. unfolds and unconditional love means I'm going to love you no matter what, no matter what you do, you know, that with your girls, Right. Yeah. Like no matter what they do, you're going to love them. You don't want them to do certain you're things. You're talking about my daughters, right? When you say girls. Yeah. I, just, I, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that the people there know but, what But listen, about. you know, years ago, years ago, you, um, you and uh, Mr. Self actually inspired me and you probably don't realize it. There was, uh, it was probably going about eight years ago or so when I heard that you guys would donate stuff to uh, Haiti, to villages in Haiti, and you wouldn't put your name on it. They didn't know who Mike Humes was. They didn't know who Darnell Self was. That is the ultimate way you give. And that is the hardest thing for most people because they want to make sure that they know it came from me. Yeah. And so when I learned that and I learned, and you set the seed inside of me, even though I still challenged it, it was challenging for me. Now today, it's the greatest thing you could ever do. It really is. And I appreciate that. But it, it's, it's such an amazing feeling. The thing about, especially Haiti, and, you know, of course, you know, Fritz, uh, who's over here, is... Uh, you know, spearheads that um, oh, simply cool. because he's Haitian. And so when we go there, not simply because he's Haitian, but yeah, he's, <laughs> it's, it's Haitian. He's got a little extra <laughs> love for him. Yeah, yes. But <laughs> now putting all of his business out, but you know, it's family has done extremely well there. And I was already, we were already actually in Haiti before we made the connection. I forgot about that. Yeah, I, it was the earthquake where you left to go to Haiti. And the earthquake happened and he actually, yeah, while he was there and he actually had a hotel there that completely went down and he would have been in his office if it wasn't for being out with his his daughter at the time. And I just remember uh, him having an opportunity to talk about, you know, just that unconditional love, having an opportunity to get himself, his wife. And at that time, his young daughter now uh, to Chloe and Emma out and not leaving. We were like, hey, bro, you got to go now because things were, you know, just going haywire. And instead, you know, he said we were able to get stuff to him to get to orphanages. And those weren't even the same orphanages at that time. Right. It's unbelievable. I remember his aunt was walking with what she had left. She was walking with what she had left. And he asked her, where is she going? She said, there's an orphanage here and I want to give it to them. That's 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 the unconditional. Not knowing where you're going to get the next from. But then, of course, we were able to connect. I don't, he had to, I don't know how he got to some remote place so that I can get money there. But he chose to stay before finally uh, no, coming that's, here. That's but amazing. then we get the opportunity to go back. And you don't know the kids. And right. you don't know the workers. And you don't know um, any of it. And you just make these connections, man. And little Marvin's was about to come home with me, man. I'll never, <laughs> I'll never forget. Like, I've never got so connected to a little boy in my life. And he... He was so mundane, but his eyes told such a story. Yeah, no, it's that's so the powerful. things they've been through. And so when a child connects with you mm-hmm. and they trust you because they know that you're not there to hurt them, uh, but to love them and, and give them, it's it's just an amazing feeling. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and the that. other thing too is I, uh, our friend Brian Crothers, I was telling him a little while ago, probably a few months ago, but when when I've got to this stage in my life of this spiritual journey and where I am. You know, Brian's worth about $40 million. And I told him, and I looked him in his eye, I said, Brian, if you gave me that $40 million right now, but I had to turn off this feeling of where I am now and this understanding of life and these little things, for $40 million, I said, it'd take me three seconds to tell you no thanks. Where a year and a half ago, I would have said, for sure, $40 million, I'm set forever. But when you really become free, there's no price tag. I wouldn't trade it for the world. And, um, and I just think that that's, that's the ultimate goal, to get to that point where you know, 
you you respect life, you respect humans, you respect uh, forgiveness and compassion and you still have a journey to go on. Oh, I still have. <laughs> we're not we're not completely surrendered. Let me make sure everybody is. it's a continued journey. We're on chapter two of a hundred, so yeah, we, we at least we just we got the hey, book open. If this is chapter two of a hundred, yeah, we're the key is getting started. That's yes. it. Because I just so many people never get to chapter one. Like exactly. I want to get to chapter one, and I feel like I I really have over the last few years have been an in the moment person. Uh, especially you know, starting over, having yes. a new little one, which is just freaking amazing. Like it's by the way, you're joy. an awesome father. I appreciate it, man. We love watching your videos. Uh, thanks, man. Just you should see all the stuff that you don't get to see. <laughs> it's, it's nonstop. But I, I, I love being able to be in the moment. And you're so right. You, you, you guys have said so much. I mean, you've unpacked so much. But once you let stuff go, the wealth, like it's like the world conspires to do you good. It is. I don't lose anything when I, I, the more I give, the more it comes back. The more you sacrifice, the more it comes back. And I think it's because of your heart. And so I say that to you guys, you know, as you continue to give, as you continue to just show what, what love looks like, uh, what, what just giving from your heart, um, having a ball. Cause you guys are, there's no two people I'd rather hang with. Uh, you know, we could do a, a podcast on 12 different, ep- uh, different uh, topics <laughs> yes. uh, with you guys, but I, I appreciate it. And of course, Mike, you got your own podcast, man, that you do. Uh, yeah. So I appreciate you coming to my little old podcast. Everyone on your podcast is a seven, eight, nine figure earner. <laughs> so let folks know how they can get in touch with you, how they can watch the podcast, how they can support, become a Hogar hero. All of it uh, we'll have there because I want them so to the, be able to support you guys. Well, the podcast is the life of a networker. So so thank you. And um, and for Workplay Love, I'll let you kind of close it out. Sure. Workplay Love. Oh, what's That's that? our timer. You're good. Oh, and Mike has left the building. He has left. <laughs> yeah. so workplay Love uh, is workplaylove.org. And um, you can workplaylove.org is where they can workplaylove.org. Follow us on Facebook um, also. But we do trips there all the time. So if you want to come, Humes, I look forward to it. I'm not even going to tell the story of when I was. He's tried to come a lot and donate and Kim just doesn't doesn't pick up the phone. No, she said, when are you coming? I said, I'm coming this Christmas. This is it. I'm changing every. I tried to surrender, Mike. And she said, yeah, this Christmas is going to really work. Oh, like. Really? No, like I was, so, I'll, so. I'll make sure I don't do that to anybody else. Oh, everybody you. else has been there. You see how my tone got? Mike, everybody else has gotten to take a trip. But no, oh. I look forward to it. The girls look forward to it. Um, and what you all do is just, it's amazing. And let folks know how that connection was made, even with Guatemala. Because when I think about the mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not seven figures now that may have been invested into just from one connection on an airplane. On an airplane. My business partner, Mike, was on an airplane. Shout out, Mike Melia. Shout out to Mike. A gentleman that had a bunch of pulseras on, bracelets, like up to here, you know, people come back from Mexico and they're like, look at this. But this was like obnoxious up to here. I was like, why are you wearing so many bracelets? And he was the flight attendant. And he said, well, I had just announced it. Mike was sleeping. I announced that I supported an orphanage in Guatemala. And he said, tell me more about it. And we were looking for a nonprofit to help donate to that would go 100% to the kids, as you know, right? right? 100%. And so we, um, he, he stroked a check for $1,000 and said, show me what you can do. And this guy sent pictures of these little brown kids with all these cool new stuff. And I was like, okay, that's cool. But Anybody can have a stock picture with right, them. Yeah. I mean, that's just the, not a lot the of little brown kids was, out there that might, you know, they're, they're like, like, they're, like tan. Picture. they're t- like, yeah. tan. Oh, they're so cute. I've seen them beautiful kids. So, um, my other business partner, Steve, and I got on an airplane uh, with a, um, a niece and nephew, and we went to Guatemala to say, Is this real? Uh, to a boys' orphanage within month, months of uh, Mike uh, stroking that check. And as soon as the plane landed and those, those wheels touched the ground, I knew. It was the craziest calling. I've never felt this before. I knew that this was the purpose of my life. I knew I was at the right place at the right time, even though, you know, it's dangerous there. It's a third world country, blah, 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 blah. What do I have in common with boys? I don't have any kids. I mean, you name it. The voice in my head was going blah, blah. And now here we are 10 years later celebrating our eighth anniversary, 10 years of being involved. And um, I can only tell you that if you can just follow your calling, follow life, the flow of life. And, and it was it just continued to do that. But it, it really, truly is a blessing. And now we've, you know, I've, I've known boys that were four that are 14. And go, 
eight wow. now they're 18 and they're they're transitioning out so the whole experience is just beautiful and and there was uh just a couple months ago uh, after we finished the book here we go again the book is um she she got invited to go into mexico about an hour from our house to go look at a village there that was needing some help and she's like i don't want to go i'm tired i got too much going on and i think you know we both kind of looked at each other i said just surrender just go and she's like you know what i'm gonna do it fast forward now that led to uh, our next probably big move is we're now going to build an orphanage in Mexico wow. all because of that afternoon where the mayor was there. Some people were there and they said, look, we're going to find the land. We'll give it to you for free. You just Jeez. help us build it. And it was all because that moment we looked at each other and said, surrender. Do when you do. As soon as something comes up and you don't want to do it, go do it. Wow. There's nothing else I can say. Like, that's it. We won't quit. That's right. We definitely <laughs> won't quit. And we're going to. Make sure that we help as many other people mm-hmm. to find their calling. Yes. To understand that that voice in their head is not them. That's right. Uh, and that they can control it. Mm-hmm. They can live their best lives and, and just become great. And you too can take pictures in Mexico uh, <laughs> all day, every day. But no, I appreciate you guys, the sacrifice. Thank love you. you guys. Love you, and, bro. Um, Come to Mexico. I'm, I'm coming. Okay, I promise. Good. This year, we're doing this year. We'll okay. do another podcast from Mexico. Let's do and it. And we're in Lake Chapala, Ajijic, by the way, because people think, yeah. oh, they're at the beach. No, we're at a, we're a freshwater lake. lake, surrounded yes. by mountains. It's just outside of Guadalajara. So yes. Come visit. I know. Look, I looked it up. Remember, I was going to, I was thinking of buying a place <laughs> some years ago. I was like, Tequila's you know what? 30 minutes from our house. I was like, I'm going to do it. Well, every day when I see you guys, I'm like, okay, Mike. But it's slowing down. It's the balance, and it's uh, yeah. it's being in the moment. But right. that is that's amazing. So I definitely look forward to supporting the new orphanage that's yeah. going to be built. And uh, thank you guys. Thought of a name, or you, it's going to no, be a combination of work, play, love, or very primary yeah. of it. But I think good. I think maybe something like more, which is love and I like that. I like that. I'm more. Well. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate you guys so much. Definitely. uh, This has been another episode of We Won't Quit Podcast. Very powerful episode uh, with uh, two of my great friends here. Uh, Just remember to like, subscribe, and share. Look, my mind, that voice is talking to me right now. Like, man, this was good. Don't. (laughs) That voice is like, don't listen to them. (laughs) Do not do it. But uh, yeah, you can't watch this episode and not be changed. So definitely like, Subscribe, share this with everyone you care about. And if that voice in your head is telling you not to do it, you already heard. Do it. Go do it. Right? So, again, the only way you can fail is to quit, but you already know it's impossible. Stop a man or woman who will not quit. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Thank you.